0: Hi everyone, thanks for tuning into today's podcast. I'm Debbie Roberts from Property Apprentice and today I'm going to be talking about the amendments to the Residential Tenancy Act and what that means to both landlords and tenants. So we've had a crazy couple of weeks. I mean Wednesday 5th of August Parliament passed under urgency the Residential Tenancies Amendment Bill and then on Tuesday the 11th we had four cases of community transmission of COVID-19. So Wednesday 12th of August at midday, uh, Auckland went into level three and the rest of the country went into level two. And as of Sunday, the 16th of August, there's 49 active cases of community transmission. So it looks like we're going to be in lockdown until the end of August uh, or close to the end of August, if not longer. That's going to be reviewed (laughs) soon. Okay, but the moral of the story is don't freak out. You know, life goes on. Um, I am going to be doing another podcast shortly, which is going to be talking about the effect that the second COVID outbreak in New Zealand is going to have on the property market. So what I'm going to be talking about today is a shortened version of what I did for our clients at the monthly network meeting last week so this is like the shortened version for you guys all right so residential tenancy act these are some of the changes that are in force from the 11th of August so transitional and emergency housing that's accommodation uh, provided for these purposes which is funded by the government or part of a special needs grants program that's exempt from the residential Tenancies act okay so they don't need to comply with all of these new changes. Uh, rent increases will now be limited to once every 12 months instead of once every six months or 180 days as it was previously and what that means is the rent freeze is still in place so you can't increase rent yet uh, not until after the 25th of September but you can give notice for rent increase Um, especially now so you know 90 day notice to increase the rent and that'll take you long past the 25th of September but when you issue a notice to increase rent now you will not be able to issue another notice for 12 months from that date. Okay any rent increases from the 12th of August have to comply with that 12 month rule which is what I was just talking about there. So you can only increase rent once every 12 months and uh, remember that the usual notice period for rent increases still exists. Okay, so also enforced from the 11th of February, security of rental tenure. So landlords are no longer going to be able to end a periodic tenancy without cause by providing 90-day notice. So they call that 90-day notice without cause, and landlords are no longer going to be able to do that. They will still be able to terminate tenancies, but it's got to be for specific situations, which I'll talk about shortly. Changes for fixed-term tenancies. This is quite a significant one for anyone, especially who owns rental, uh, student rental accommodation. And so from the 11th of February 2021, all fixed-term tenancy agreements will convert to periodic tenancies at the end of the fixed term, unless both parties agree otherwise or if the tenant gives a 28-day notice before the end of the fixed-term tenancy, or the landlord gives notice in accordance to the termination grounds for the periodic tenancies as well. So in other words, from the 11th of February next year, All fixed term tenancies, if the landlord gives notice to the tenant and the tenant doesn't want to move out, they can say, no, uh, we're going to stay on a periodic tenancy. And from that point forward, it'll be treated just as a normal periodic tenancy. Making minor changes, tenants can ask to make changes to the property after the 11th of February and landlords cannot decline if the change is minor. Landlords must also respond to the tenant's request to make a change within 21 days of receiving that request. And from the 11th of February next year, rental properties will no longer be able to be advertised without a rental price listed and landlords cannot invite or encourage tenants to bid on those rental properties. Tenants, however, can still offer to pay more for a rental property if they want to, to help secure that rental property for themselves, but the landlords are not allowed to encourage that and um, and certainly can't invite the tenants to do that either. Also enforced from the 11th February if uh, tenants can request to install fibre broadband and landlords must agree if it can be installed at no cost to them unless specific exemptions apply. So if you're in that situation, get in touch with Tenancy Tribunal to find out more details or um, the tenancy website's got a lot more information on it. So that's tenancy.govt.nz and privacy and access to justice. I think this is a really good ruling. A suppression order can remove names and the identifying details from a published tenancy tribunal decision if the party who's applied for the suppression order is wholly or substantially successful, or if it's in the interest of the parties and the public interest. So that means that if a rogue landlord, for example, takes a tenant to tenancy tribunal and loses, so the tenant wins, the tenant can remove their name from those uh, details published in the Tenancy Tribunal. So that means that, you know, that's going to make life a lot easier for good tenants moving forward and certainly for good landlords moving forward as well. Okay, assignment of tenancies. All requests to assign a tenancy must be considered after the 11th of February 2021 and landlords cannot decline A reasonable request okay so they can't decline unreasonably if a residential tenancy agreement prohibits assignment then that doesn't stand so you can no longer have in your tenancy agreements after the 11th of February it's it's not going to be legal for you to have in there that um, that you're not allowed to assign your tenancy Uh, that's no longer going to take effect All right, moving on. Some more things from the 11th of February, 2021. Not providing a tenancy agreement in writing for the landlord not to provide a tenancy agreement to the tenant. That's going to be an unlawful act. And landlords have to retain and provide a bunch of new different uh, types of information as well. The enforcement measures are also being strengthened. So the regulator, who's MB, MBIE, they'll have new measures to take action against parties who are not meeting their obligations. So, you know, some of those uh, penalties can be quite Significant. And the larger the number of rental properties a landlord owns, the steeper the fines as well. So there's also been some changes to the tenancy tribunal jurisdiction. The tenancy tribunal can now hear cases and make awards up to $100,000. It was previously $50,000. So that gives a lot more scope um, for rogue landlords and rogue tenants to be dealt with just under the tenancy tribunal. And also enforced from the 11th of August next year, or earlier if the government agrees, is that in cases of family violence, so tenants who experience family violence within their rental property, they'll be able to withdraw from a fixed term or a periodic tenancy without financial penalty by giving two days notice. Now, I just want to clarify that the family violence doesn't have to be within the rental property. It just means that the tenants who have experienced family violence will be able to give two days notice and evidence of the family violence, and if they're the only tenant, then that tenancy will come to an end. If they're not the only tenant, then they can be removed from that tenancy agreement. So it's a way of keeping tenants who are in that situation of family violence. It keeps them safe. Uh, Physical assault, if a tenant physically assaults the landlord, the owner or an agent of the landlord or a family member of the landlord or owner and the police have laid a charge against the tenant, landlords can issue a 14-day notice to terminate either a fixed term or a periodic tenancy. Okay, and in force from the 11th of February 2021, there's just a review of some of the things that I've talked about already. Removal of the 90-day no-cause termination, antisocial or disruptive behaviour. In order to give 90-day notice for antisocial or disruptive behaviour, you have to provide evidence of that happening on three separate occasions within 90 days. And fixed-term tenancies will automatically roll over to a periodic tenancy, as I mentioned earlier, once that fixed-term ends, unless both parties agree otherwise. So that is not going to be a problem for most tenants, and neither will the removal of 90-day for no cause. That's not going to be an issue for the majority of rentals, but it will potentially be an issue for some rental properties and particularly with the fixed term tenancies that could potentially be quite problematic for student tenancies more so for the landlord than the student in the first instance but there could be some unintended consequences which I'm just I'm going to discuss shortly. There's also an increased notice period so previously if the landlord wanted to sell the property or anything like that if they wanted to sell or move into the property themselves They previously had to give 42 days notice to the tenant, now they'll have to give 90 days if they want to sell the property or if they've planned extensive renovations or alterations or if redevelopment of that property is planned. And if they want to move into the property or if the landlord wants to move into the property or they've got a family member of the landlord or employees or contractors of the landlord, if they need to move into the property, then instead of giving the 42-day notice, which they could previously do, that now has been extended to 63 days. Okay, so 63 days if the landlord or family member or contract is moving in, and 90 days if the landlord wants to sell the property or if they're planning extensive renovations. So is this the end of the world? With all these changes in the Residential Tenancy Act, personally, I'd say no, it's not the end of the world. In fact, I think it's going to make a lot of things better. It's certainly going to make things better for the tenants. And a lot of the other potential benefits of these changes is that it is going to get rid of some rogue landlords and also landlords that don't play by the rules anyway. So, as far as educated or you know experienced property investors are concerned, this should have little impact. There's just a few rules that they need to take into account. So, different ways that a tenancy can be terminated, either by the landlord or by the tenant, without the tenancy tribunal being involved, a tenant now has to give 28 days notice, whereas previously it was 21 days. So that's an extra week's notice, which is great for the landlord, not so great for the tenant because, you know, especially if they're moving into another rental property, with rental properties in such short supply at the moment, that increases the likelihood that tenants will be paying double rent. In order to secure the next property, they might have to move into that property sooner than 28 days after they've given notice to the previous landlord so that could be a problem for some tenants and as I mentioned this before 90 day notice if the property is to be sold so the landlord has to give 90 day notice if they're planning on selling and also 90 day notice if they're planning extensive alterations or redevelopment to that property 63 days notice if the owner or the owner's family member employee or contractor requires the premises as their principal place of residence And some of the ways that a termination of a tenancy can happen via the tenancy tribunal. If a tenant's been given a 14-day or longer notice to remedy a breach that's capable of being remedied and they've failed to remedy the breach, then the landlord can take them to the tenancy tribunal to have that tenancy terminated. And if the tenant has been issued three notices for separate antisocial acts within any 90-day period, then that's also grounds for termination of the tenancy. Uh, If the tenant has been issued notice that their rent is at least five working days late on three separate occasions within any 90-day period, that's also grounds to terminate the tenancy. Now, that's great news for landlords who've got tenants who are consistently late with their rent payments because, understandably, most of those tenants who are struggling to pay their rent they do eventually catch up but if a tenant is consistently late with their rent payments then that can make it really problematic for the landlord who still has to pay a mortgage on that property and so having the ability there to get a tenancy terminated if the tenant is consistently late so more than five working days late on three separate occasions within a 90 day period that is absolutely an improvement for the landlord, so they are going to be able to you know, take action in that situation and help secure the payment of their mortgage, which obviously can affect their credit rating and all sorts of different things like that too. Now, if the tenant is at least 21 days in rent arrears, that's another grounds for termination of the tenancy by the tenancy tribunal and if the tenant has caused or threatened to cause any significant damage to the property, if they've assaulted or threatened to assault specified persons, and if they've used the premises for unlawful activity, all of those things are still grounds for termination. And if the tenant has abandoned the property and the rent is also in arrears, that's still grounds for termination as well. So there's a lot of, you know, the other things, other ways that a tenancy can be terminated are still in place. There's just a few extra things that have been added in and changed slightly there. So some of the unintended consequences of this amendment uh, to the Tenancy Act Landlords will most likely consider issuing ninety day notice to any problematic tenants that they've currently got, whereas previously landlords would give tenants the benefit of the doubt. there's only three percent of tenants issued a ninety day notice without cause anyway, you know every year, three percent of all tenancies, so it's a very small percentage of tenants who are issued a 90 day notice without cause but you can beat your bottom dollar that if you are a problematic tenant your landlord's going to be seriously considering giving you a 90 day notice before that rule comes into effect where they won't they'll have to prove the reason why they're going to wanting to evict you Uh, There are some landlords who will also consider selling and I would suspect especially those that own student accommodation or student rental properties because they'll either have to factor in a larger vacancy because of the fixed term tenancy changes. So this is going to cause a bit of an issue as far as the rent crisis goes because with landlords selling properties that means less rental properties available for people who need to rent them and that is going to drive rents up, because when there's a high demand and not enough supply, that's what pushes prices up. So one of the unintended consequences of this uh, legislation change, in my opinion, is going to be that we're going to see rents increasing quite significantly in some cases. Now, at the moment, there's close to 17,000 people. That's seventeen thousand people that are currently on the emergency housing waiting list and I suspect this is going to increase as one of the unintended consequences from this legislation change. I think tenants can also expect to receive rent increases every year. Now a lot of private landlords don't increase their rent every year. You know previously we've been able to increase our rent every six months and if a tenant was a good tenant then landlords tended to let it slide. And I mean, I know several landlords who've had a tenant in place for three to five years without increasing the rent. But I suspect that with these uh, changes coming into force, then the landlords are more likely to review the market rent every 12 months. So I think it is going to be a case of landlords that remain in the industry will be better educated and running it like a business, and they will monitor those market rents. Although the rent increases have been limited to just once a year instead of once every six months, Market rent is market rent, and that's something that the landlord doesn't control. The landlord doesn't decide what market rent is. the market decides that. So instead of having potentially two smaller increases during a 12 month period, tenants might expect to see one larger increase, which could be a little bit harder on the budget. you know a smaller increase twice a year can sometimes be a bit easier to manage. And I think this is probably the biggest issue that anyone who's currently renting is likely to face. So landlords are likely to be extra diligent about their tenant selection because the difficulty of being able to get rid of a problematic tenant has just increased, or it certainly will increase after February. If they've got previous credit blemishes, uh, if they've got bad history for particularly for rental properties, um, potentially anyone without a rental history could be treated the same as someone with a bad rental history because they haven't got a good track record, you know. So that could make it difficult, and also I think it could cause an issue for people in the lower. Income brackets because I know you know one of the issues that landlords are likely to be extra diligent about is making sure that the tenants can comfortably afford to pay the rents. Because you know the paperwork that's going to be associated with being able to evict someone for non payment of rent three times within a 90 day period that's quite a lot of paperwork that you've got to keep track of. So Uh, I would imagine that a lot more landlords will be careful around that affordability issue for new tenants as well. And I think for the society in general, it's potentially going to cause big problems if there's an antisocial tenant that lives next door. Regardless of whether you're a tenant or you own the property next door to an antisocial tenant, you could very well find yourself stuck with them. Uh, Because unless you're prepared to go on the record and go to tenancy tribunal three times, within a 90-day period to go on the record to say that your next-door neighbour's been problematic or threatening you or anything like that, then, you know, that's going to make life difficult. So is this the end of property investing? Heck no. But what I would suggest is that you should be careful who you vote for. Now, this is not a political message, but it's well known that both Labor and the Green Party are a lot more socialist in their views. So Marima Davidson Davidson, sorry, who's the Green Party co-leader, she's they're definitely proposing more regulation for landlords. And Marima herself is a tenant. And in a speech during the Residential Tenancy Act debate, she said that the reforms will incentivise property owners to move out of owning properties for rental purposes. On the upside, at least she's been upfront about the reason that they want to implement these changes. I think it's, it's fairly clear that both Green and the would prefer for rental properties to be in the domain of, you know, state housing. So I think that this is is definitely something to look out for because we don't have enough rental properties available at the moment, you know, so I think it's potentially a bit short-sighted, but definitely do your homework before you vote in September and I don't care who you vote for, just make sure that you're making an informed decision. So I think potentially problem tenants could become a government problem And so anyone who lives next door to state housing, that life could get quite difficult in some areas when there's problem tenants there. And I think potentially this could become a community problem because there'll be areas... Where problem tenants will congregate because no one else wants to live next to them. Everyone else will move out, and the only people that will want to move in will be other people that don't mind their antisocial behavior because they're antisocial themselves. So it could cause little clusters that are a bit of a nightmare. But at the end of the day, it might change the way that the game of property investing is played. And I'm not I don't mean to insinuate that it is a game because it is a serious business, but it it will change the way that we, we do that business of property investing, but it's not going to change the end result for investors. So property investment will continue to be the first choice for long-term investment for the average Kiwis who want to create some financial security for themselves and for their family. And I think one of the upsides from this is potentially we'll have better tenants and better rental properties, and there's going to be more responsibility for that landlord and tenant relationship. So I think this could have some really good outcomes and make life better for both tenants and landlords. So hopefully uh, that helped your understanding with these Residential Tenancy Act changes. If you want some more information about property investing, we've got a bunch of free resources available on our website, which is propertyapprentice.co.nz. If you've got any suggestions for future podcasts, please get in touch at info at Let me know what you want us to talk about and please subscribe and, and tune in for all our future podcasts. Look forward to talking to you again soon.